Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ty Brown Show. I'm happy to be with you today. We're going to be talking about some good stuff, uh, in particular, the Mama Bear Syndrome. When to engage and when to let it go. This, uh, this topic came about, there was actually a pretty funny story behind this. I was driving home with the kiddos and uh, my, my oldest son, second oldest child, he, he likes to talk about, you know, what would win in a fight. And so we were going through all these different, you know, contests between different animals, which animal would win in a fight. And then he said, well, dad, what if you had a gorilla fighting another gorilla, which gorilla would win? I said something like, well, probably the bigger gorilla. And then Griffin, who's like a big animal fact man, he's like, well, daddy, male gorillas grow bigger than female gorillas. So probably the male gorilla would win in the fight. And I said, yeah, probably so. And then Dakota, my daughter, she says, she says, well, the, the boy gorilla would lose if the girl gorilla was a mommy and she had a baby. And I just busted up laughing because I thought it was completely adorable that this uh, this little this little woman, this little seven year old girl, <laughs> she would she would know the power of what we're calling mama bear syndrome. Yes, the mama is unstoppable when the baby is in danger. So we're going to talk about uh, how to handle uh, mama bear syndrome and um, when to engage it and when to let it go. And, you know, just to give you a little preview, there are times when it it doesn't make sense to bring up an issue. You know, it's not possible to bring up every issue, uh, nor is it a good idea to try. And uh, I'll tell you kind of the secret of knowing when to engage is whether there's a purpose. So um, we're getting excited here. We're going to have a great time. I hope you're ready to listen. It's happening in three, two, and one. Podcasting from conciliators, this is the Ty Brown Show. If you're a human and you think you might have to interact with other humans at some point, and you like that to go well, then listen up. Oh, yeah. It's time to get cozy with conflict. Let's go. Are you curious to know what our stats look like this week? Well, looks like this week we are up to 695 listeners. We grew at a slower pace this week than in weeks past, but I'm still pleased. Um, and I'm thinking that, uh, that we may be able to speed things up and get a little more traction by inviting some guests on the show. So I'm thinking that's going to happen real soon. In fact, next week we've got a guest lined up. Uh, we're going to just contact everyday people. They're, they don't necessarily have to be rich and famous or anything like that. Uh, we are going to bring people on the show who have real life, everyday, uh, relatable stories, conflicts, interactions, conversations, um, all these kinds of things. We're going to bring people on. We're going to talk to them. We're going to figure out uh, how to interact better with other humans because probably that's going to be needed here in the future sometime for us all. And so I'm hoping that if you have any interest in being on the show, if you want to come and share your story, let me know. We'll get you on the calendar and uh, we'll come and talk it out. And our 695 listeners can uh, can listen and learn from your experience. 
and uh, spectacular failures are welcome too. Like you can talk about that time you brought something up only to have it go horribly wrong. Um, so anyway, that's going to happen. I think that'll increase our uh, dispute resolution revolution results. I think we'll get a little more traction that way. Uh, plus, I've, I re-listened to some of the episodes over the weekend, which I, 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 I'm embarrassed to say I often don't listen to them at all. I just record them and push publish. Um, but last week, I listened to, I listened to a few of them. And, and although I think a lot of the content's really good, I, I believe strongly in it, and I, I've seen it at work, uh, I, I did feel like the entertainment value could be amped up a little bit. So I'm going to try. We're going to try and make it just a little more fun for everyone. And one way I'm going to do that is we're going to start with the Stop Hitting Yourself segment. Um, after we do stats and a review, we're just going to launch into Stop Hitting Yourself, which is where we review you know, listener stories, we analyze them and learn from them. Um, so anyway, that's going to happen at the beginning of the show now. Um, so let's see, we already did the stats, 695. Um, the mission of this podcast, in case this is your first time tuning in, it's to make your interactions with others better make you more comfortable more confident uh, in your in your communication it's going to help resolve everyday disputes so last week we talked a lot about leadership and it's probably like like i said it's probably like our least popular episode so far um but i was sad to see that because it, it was actually really good um yeah, hear that? Like I'm like over here saying like how good like my my episode was. I don't mean it like that. I mean like that. I stole most of the content anyway uh, from from other authors. But it, it's the principles in it are really good and really helpful. Um, just as a reminder, the hallmark of really good leaders are really effective teams. And yeah, this kind of has more of a workplace bent to it. But um, here here I'll just I'm just gonna go ahead and give you the the rundown. The five well, there were kind of six big secrets that I that I talked about <laughs> um, to having a really good team. And the first one is how to light a fire within somebody instead of a fire under somebody. It's the difference between inspiring versus motivating. It's the difference of leading with love versus leading with fear. Um, so that's number one. Number two was a uh, it was uh, oh vulnerability based trust you know, creating an environment where everyone can be completely authentic and and completely vulnerable and um, and there's a, a, a measurable trust so that you can bring up any issue without fear of, of being judged or or um, or left, I guess, abandoned as the only person who's being authentic. So that's number two, creating vulnerability based trust. Number three is to actually disagree more and better so disagreeing better and more often uh, it's really easy to do you just set the expectation that hey everyone here is expected to contribute and you're expected to share what you think what you feel how you see things what do you think the best path forward is uh, and, and that's just an expectation thing you just have to all agree that that's how it's going to be done and let me tell you the the dialogue that ensues is always really good and you have to be willing to to disagree with each other and, and you have to accept that it's not a requirement that there be unanimous um, consensus on every issue. As long as everyone can, can talk about how they feel and you can thoroughly explore the issue, then you get, which is the next step, commitment. And that's the next step to effective team is commitment. Uh, commitment is the result of participating in the decision process. Even if your, um, even if your 
pathway, even if your idea is not the one that is ultimately decided on, you're more likely to commit to the team's objectives if your voice was heard. And, uh, and then we talked about uh, accountability, peer-to-peer accountability, top-down accountability, but especially proactive individual accountability, where everyone's kind of coming forward on their own accord, taking responsibility for their actions. And then the last one was focusing on team results over individual glory. All right, that was kind of a long review of last week. So um, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back, um, learn how to inspire greatness in your teams or your families or your communities or uh, whatever. Okay, so now, this week, the Stop Hitting Yourself segment. Now, why do we call it the Stop Hitting Yourself segment? It's because most of the time our difficult conversations are only difficult because uh, because of us. Uh, we we are very often eliciting the behaviors in others that really bug us. Uh, we are often responsible for causing our own heartache in our interactions with others. Um, we basically provoke the responses that we love to hate. So um, that's why we call it the Stop Hitting Yourself segment. Um, it's also empowering to acknowledge that, uh, that we are often the cause of our own drama in our lives. Okay, here it goes. This is the story of the mama bear, the adolescent, and the basketball coach. All right, so there's a basketball coach. He's a, he's a well-known guy, he does a good job, high school, high school level. He has a young man who's just started playing uh, on the team. Now, this basketball coach is the varsity coach, and there are some other coaches for the lower levels. This young man, he's just a freshman, and he's playing on their sophomore basketball team. And um, this this particular young man, he's a great singer, um, and the varsity coach, who's um, you know kind of the big dog, he uh, he asks this young man, his player, who, this freshman, to sing the national anthem at their big home opener for the season, and uh, for the varsity game. And um, the young man's pretty excited about this and takes it real seriously. Gets some gets some uh, gets some coaching, gets some lessons. And um, really, you know, really takes it to heart, practices a lot, um, staying up late at night, just just making sure that he's going to nail it when he goes out to do the uh, the national anthem. So he gets to the game and, um, you know, shows up early. Um, he's invited, you know, some friends and family to, to come and watch um, this performance and he's a little nervous but excited goes up to this basketball coach he says all right coach i'm ready to go and the coach says oh yeah sorry son um you know we're we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have this girl who sings really really well uh we're gonna have her do it today and so you know feeling feeling belittled and embarrassed and um and really i mean just really let down um, feeling silly and, and kind of crushed, uh, you know, this this young man goes back to his family. And he's like, uh, yeah, I actually, I guess I'm not singing it today. Uh, sorry, guys. Sorry for coming out for nothing. Um, you know, <laughs> well, it's not surprising that the mother of this young man had mama bear syndrome set in. The instinct to protect protect my child from this cruel person right you've been there moms right you felt this um thoughts like you know this coach may win a lot of games but he is such a loser 
as a person, just a loser. He's a loser coach. <laughs> uh, and, you know, what, what starts happening is these negative feelings start, they start growing. And the, the mom and really, you know, all the people who, who knew about what happened, um, they, they start seeing this coach with contempt. Um, do, you, do you remember that light framework we talked about? I think it was in episode three. Uh, we talked about this light framework, how, you know, when you view other people, you can see them with your light on. Or, you know, if you turn it off, <laughs> it has this effect where you start seeing them with contempt. And then you need to justify this negative view that you have by finding other faults, other flaws, other justifications that make your decision to see them negatively uh, justifiable. So that's what happened. And uh, Mama Bear started finding plenty of flaws, plenty of faults, um, you know, talking, you know, look, talking to other parents and realizing, you know what, this this program's all politics. Um, this coach, uh, he, he, he's not the reason, you know, he's not he's not letting all these kids shine. Um, he's focused in on just these these uh, these other kids, you know, and, and they come from from big families that have, you know, real big names and um and you know this coach is probably very influenced by their parents and by the administration and you know he's not giving everyone a fair shot and and all of these other things and and so there's kind of now this rumbling going on um among the parents where they're you know basically harboring pretty negative feelings and and, and really justifying those feelings by finding all kinds of other evidence that this coach really is a loser person um in this kind of scenario, it's really common for people to get really bad advice. And, um, and this mama bear got plenty of bad advice. Um, people who saying everything, you know, the whole spectrum from like, go for the jugular, get the media involved. Um, you know, this is unacceptable or, or, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got people who are like, Oh, you know, I would, I just would just, I just let this one go. Just don't, don't say anything. Um, nothing good can come from, from talking to this coach. So that was kind of the, the advice that, that Mama Bear was getting. But then Mama Bear talked to someone else who actually gave her really good advice. And, um, and this person said, hey, um, you know, have, have, you, have, you, have you listened to that? Have you listened to the, this podcast? And they, they shared the show and they talked about it a little bit. And, and this person who, who Mama Bear went to advice for said, you know, there's probably some truth. There, there's, some, there's some story that makes sense in the coach's mind, you know, for, for all these behaviors that are problematic for you. Uh, it'd be interesting to know what that story is and what is the, you know, what is the truth? How, how can you find the truth in, in what they're saying and doing? And, uh, you know, wh why do these words and actions even make sense in the coach's head? There's, there's probably, there's probably a story to learn there. And amazingly, mama bear is able to, is able to accept this advice and is able to say, you know what, maybe this coach isn't a bad person. Maybe this coach is, is really great as a coach because he actually really cares about these boys. Um, maybe, maybe he, maybe there are reasons that, that I don't know. Maybe there are, maybe I've been making all the wrong assumptions and maybe there are actually legitimate reasons for these problems I'm seeing. So mama bear is gutsy, more gutsy than, than I dare say probably 99 out of a hundred people 
Mama Bear sets an appointment with the coach, but not for the purpose of going in and um, and and you know going to battle, and not for you know there there's no there was no even desire to change the coach. That wasn't it at all. the The appointment was made just to try and get to understand the coach a little better, and to talk about to talk about the future and um, and to talk about and to talk about this player, uh, Mama Bear's son. So anyway, amazingly, uh, this conversation goes down, and Mama Bear goes in there, and they start talking, and you know, Mama Bear talks about um talks about the legacy of this coach um does a little bit of stroking and and talking about you know what a what a respectable person uh they've become in this in this big community and and um and that you know her desire was to get to know the coach a little better and um to to let him know that that hers was a family with lots of kids that would be coming up through the years and they're all real passionate about sports and they just really wanted to be connected to this coach and and um, to have a you know have a strong relationship and um, they start talking about this this young this young man who's a player and talking about what a hard worker he is and mama bear mentions she says you know and 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 coach when you asked him to to do this national anthem like he took it real seriously he was practicing you know into the night uh you know hours and hours and hours took some lessons really really took it seriously and the coach just hung his head and felt so bad just just was oh just felt awful to hear this even though i think the coach probably feared that this was probably true i think the coach was hoping that it wasn't and that it, you know this national anthem just wasn't a big deal at all but he then proceeded to share what really happened on that day of the big game he said yeah so i asked your son to do the national anthem and that was my plan going in. And then the new athletic director comes waltzing in with this girl. And he says, hey, this this girl, uh, she's going to be singing the national anthem. I've asked her to sing the anthem. And the coach was like, no, 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 that was my job. And I found somebody who's planning on doing it. And the athletic director is like, oh, well, um, we can't have them both do it. So we're going to have my person do it. And um, we'll just reschedule with your with your guy. And, that's, and that was the final word. Athletic director, you know, is in charge in that situation. So the coach shares this story and suddenly mama bear feels a whole lot better about that whole that whole debacle um it just you know there wasn't any there wasn't any ill will no bad intentions no insensitivity even the the only problem was bad communication from the coach the coach just just didn't really tell them the story and they didn't have the facts um and so there was a temptation to assume intentions that weren't there and to assign blame that that really wasn't justifiable under the circumstances pretty amazing um and the, the fact that mama bear could be open to the the possibility that maybe there was a story like this um and then that there it turned out to be true there really was a story that made these actions make sense um the feeling that existed at that point was so much more positive there was just respect. The contempt that had snuck in a little bit, the contempt was gone. Um, no longer was this a selfish coach. Uh, no longer was, you know, this this man a, a loser. <laughs> um, he was just a, just a guy doing his best and got put in, in a pickle and uh, didn't quite know how to handle it. And uh, the, 
anyway, this this conversation ended up being full of optimism for the future. They talked a lot about uh, the future of this player, and it was exciting and fun, and the coach was eager to get to know them. And then the coach says, and you know what, I, you know, I, do, I don't really... Um, I, you know, I don't know everybody here and there are certain families that I, that I know that I've gotten to know well over the years. And sometimes I kind of just naturally interact with them better just cause I know them. And I'm just so glad you came in and introduced yourself and, and, you know, we can, we can be friends and, you know, basically the coach is saying, yeah, I'm, not, I'm a little bit shy. And, and, and now what had looked like politicking from the outside favoritism towards certain families, it, it became clear. It wasn't really that at all. It was just the social discomfort from the coach socially he was just more comfortable with the people he knew and uh, who isn't right and so anyway all these concerns were put to rest by by a really proactive listener affectionately known as mama bear so thanks mama bear thanks for listening thanks for sharing the story with us and i'm hoping that you've inspired some others to also share their stories um and, and frankly, they probably won't be as good because this is about as good as it gets in every way. So um, thanks again. One of my very favorite stories that I've heard since starting the show. And, and, and you know, I've heard dozens and dozens. Um, so that was a, just a great example. And I hope others can uh, learn from it and make it happen. So let's move on. Yeah, doesn't that feel better doing the stop hitting yourself segment right up front? Yeah, I, you know, it's a lot more fun hearing these real life stories and how these tools can help. Um, but now, you know, we're going to go go ahead and talk about something, uh, just a new principle. I, I feel like I just really deflated the rest of the show and everyone's like, all right, turning this off. Adios, Ty. Yeah, don't turn it off. You better not. I, I am. I'm coming after you if you do. Um, in fact, if you even thought of that, you should you should be ashamed of yourselves. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But this is, in all seriousness, this next section is, uh, it's really an important one. And I'm not sure I'm going to do it justice. And part of the reason why I'm not so sure is because I have sort of conflicting feelings on it. And I'm just going to just kind of tell you what I think. And um, you can you can see how it feels and um, decide what to do. But um, the, real, the real meat of what we're going to be talking about is when to bring up an issue and when to let it go. Right now, that is a hard that is, there are no I'm convinced that there are no simple rules about this. There, there's not just uh, there's not just a cut and paste, clear cut answer on when to bring something up, when to let it go. Practically speaking, you just can't raise every issue. And, and even if you could, it's not advisable. Not every issue is worth raising. That's kind of one of the reasons, you know, I. I uh, <laughs> Sometimes I just feel like we entertain opinions and commentary and and input from people that we just shouldn't who people who just shouldn't be sharing. Uh, that sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm like against free speech, which which I'm not. In fact, I, I mean, I'm, I'm actually a real fierce advocate of free speech. I just wish people knew how to use speech better. Uh, I wish they wouldn't go, go around raising every single issue in every forum that exists just because they can. I wish that it was more purposeful. And I hope that those listening to this can become more purposeful in your communications by listening to this instead of just spouting off on every issue. Uh, people who do that, uh, I don't think they have very many friends. And if they do have friends, they're friends with you because they are f afraid of you. <laughs> 
okay. I see. I like I said, I'm I'm all over the place on this topic. That being said, you know, I think although we see people who bring up every single issue and always seem to be wanting to engage in a debate and uh, a contest, uh, we we see that. But honestly, the more common error in our society likely is letting it go when you should speak up. This is probably the more probably the more common error. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to go and say it's not probably. It's almost certainly the most common problem is letting things go when you need to bring them up. You've heard the phrase, let sleeping dogs lie. Well, I think a lot of us let all dogs, even the dogs that won't let us sleep, lie. And that's, that's a problem. Um, so when, when, you know, what's my guiding star for when to bring up an issue and when to let it go? When, when people call into conciliators, uh, we, uh, we do work, we do workplace dispute resolution. We help people get along in the workplace. Um, when we get people calling in, a lot of times they're talking to us and they haven't decided if it's worth bringing it up or letting it go. And we kind of walk them through an analysis to help them decide, is this something I let go or bring up? And the, the real critical question that we ask is this. So in deciding whether what to do with this, do you have, do you have a good purpose behind bringing up the issue? Um, basically, do you have a destination in mind for bringing up the issue? Or are you just launching blindly into space, um, <laughs> you know, and not, not sure which planet you may be headed to? Um, if you don't have a clear purpose, then you're not ready to bring up the issue. And secondarily, and this is, this is like really hard to hear, and people hate hearing this, so buckle up. But, but here it goes. And, and this is just this is just kind of a tie thing. This is something that I think is true. And, and maybe I'm wrong on it. And that's possible. I mean, it's not likely, but I mean, it's possible, I suppose. But if your purpose in bringing something up is just to change the other person, I, I tell people that's not good enough. If, if your object for starting a conversation is to change the other person, I say that's not good enough. And, and the reason I say that is not because it's bad to hope for somebody to change. Um, I, I actually think it's really good for us to hope for people to change and to want people to change in positive ways. The reason I say it's not good enough is because it's likely to result in a bad conversation. If you go in there with the object of changing someone, it's likely to result in a bad conversation. Think about Mama Bear. What if Mama Bear went into the coach with the objective of changing the coach? Well, it wouldn't have worked too good because it turned out that Mama Bear didn't really know, didn't really know that the coach didn't need the change that she thought he needed. Um, the other thing is you have to accept that the change that you hope for in others, that is, that is their destination. It's not yours. Um, agency, the ability to choose for ourselves, it's a really important thing. And here's the paradox of it. And I think I've probably talked about this before, but when you go into a conversation with the goal of changing someone, um, they can sense that and it will be met with resistance. It triggers defensiveness and um, it triggers aggression. 
So if you're trying to change someone, it will rarely result in change. However, when you go in with a more noble purpose, especially what, you know what we what we've called in the past mutual learning. If you go into a conversation with the goal of mutual learning, then that is very likely to lead to change. Uh, when I am talking politics with people, there are some people who do a really good job at at hearing out my story and kind of where my beliefs come from and then they share their beliefs and where they come from and then I'll find myself talking politics with someone else who I agree with and they may be attacking the view of the person I just talked to and I find myself inclined to defend them even though I still don't degree I still I still don't agree with their position I I feel this duty that everybody who who sees things the way I do at least understand the beliefs of others, at least understand where they're coming from. It's funny because I don't, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not inclined to defend somebody who I disagree with, but, you know, I mean, not naturally anyway, but when, when we're engaged in mutual learning, boy, we're just a lot more likely to, uh, to think, to think clearly and accurately. Uh, I, I, I kind of slaughtered that and that was like not my most articulate moment. So I hope you'll forgive me. <laughs> but like I said, if, if you're deciding whether to bring something up or let it go, if your only reason is to change the person, it's not good enough. Go into the conversation with what I call noble purposes. Noble purposes would be learning their story. Go into the conversation to learn their story. Figure out where they're coming from. Ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Find out what their intentions really are. Boy, how, how much heartache would that save if we went into a conversation to actually find out what their intentions were instead of assuming what they were in advance? Uh, another noble purpose besides learning their story is to express your views and feelings. This is I mean, this might sound like I'm counter contradicting myself when I said changing the other person. When you're expressing your views and feelings, this is to satisfy your own need to be heard. It's not to satisfy your desire to make them change. Um, expressing your views and feelings is a noble purpose in having a conversation. It's probably my worst thing. I'm probably the very worst at that, and uh, my wife could attest to that. I don't know why. I'm just bad at it. Every time I try, it just it just never quite comes out right, and I'm never able to express my views <laughs> and feelings uh, with the kind of clarity that I that I wish I could. Um, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm just uncomfortable with it. It's probably because I'm so macho. I'm I'm you know I'm very uh, very manly. We don't have feelings and stuff, right? Um, and the the other thing about this purpose that makes it makes it I guess it's just important to understand when I'm saying express your views and feelings, you need to know that there's no guarantee that it's going to be well received or accepted by the other person. Um, so your purpose can't be to go in there and have them accept and acknowledge and understand your views and feelings. It might just be that you need to get something off your chest and this is how you'll do it. Um, it's going to be to your satisfaction, say what needs to be said and let them do with it what they may. 
Um, that is still, I think, a noble purpose. So, okay, so we've got learning their story is good. Expressing your views and feelings is good. Three, problem solving together is good. That's a noble purpose. If you can identify an issue, you make it so it's not so personal. You say, look, here is an issue, and I think together we are in a position where we can solve it. We can figure this out, and let's collaborate, get our brains together, and, and do this. Um, how can we... You know, what would improve this situation going forward? That's a noble purpose. And it's all, if, if you go into any conversation and those three things are your purpose or, or any combination of those things, doesn't have to be all of them necessarily. If you can go into conversations with those purposes in mind, you're likely to succeed. It's likely to be a good conversation. It's likely to go well. You're likely to leave feeling like mama bear where you're on the same page and things are looking brighter for the future. But if you go in there with the goal of changing someone else, yeah, count on it feeling defensive. Um, lots of lots of people putting up barriers. Uh, it's probably not going to go that well. And if you go in without a purpose at all, just because you're ready, you're ready to sound off. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna not be great. Um, not good. Okay. <clears throat> now this last topic, last topic of the day, this is the one where I'm like really conflicted. Um, it's letting it go. And, and when does it make sense to just let it go? Even, you know, even if it's something you care about, when do you let it go? When do you not? Um, and the reason I'm conflicted on this is because in the business context, um, I'm so I'm so used to promoting disclosure, encouraging disclosure, dialogue, disagreement, encouraging people to say what they think and to do it really productively and efficiently. I'm not saying drag out every decision and and, you know, take forever to make decisions. I, that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, hey, you just need to have a system where everyone can can very easily speak up and rapidly uh, get their views out there and then people are open enough to consider the, the good and the bad of what everyone else is saying and you make the best decision possible. Um, so I'm so used to just always encouraging, hey, get it out there, talk about it, um, that it's sometimes hard for me to realize that there actually are situations where you're where your best bet is to let it go. And I think this is a lot more common in everyday stuff. Um, it's a lot more common for the best plan of action to be, you know, I'm just going to let this one go during, and this happens in our everyday stuff more than in business. So I'm going to divide it into kind of two subcategories, when to let an issue go and when to let like a relationship go. All right. Specific issues, letting go of a specific issue. This one I use, I use a framework in my head um, when I'm deciding on a specific issue, whether to raise it or whether not to. And, and I kind of do it this way. I draw in, in your head, draw a little graph where you have an x-axis and a y-axis. On the x-axis, this is going to be the importance of the relationship. So low, you know, low on the left, high on the right. And then on the y-axis, the up and down, you've got the importance of the issue, you know, low at the bottom, high at the top. Okay, if you have an issue that is of low importance and it's, you know, you're, you're discussing it with a relationship or with a person who you're in a relationship that is of low importance to you, you know, why are you talking about it? It's you're wasting time. Um, it's an issue that doesn't matter with a relationship that's unimportant. 
yeah, you ought to just avoid that. And, and I, I use that in my head a lot where I'm like, you know what? I don't actually care that much about this. And this relationship, like I don't have a need to show an, exp- an especially high level of interest. I can be courteous and polite, um, but I don't need to <laughs> I don't need to go to war on this issue. So um, moving moving down, let's say you have an issue of low importance, but a relationship of very high importance. Let's say a marriage, for example. Well, if, if my wife, if Emily brings up something that, that to me is of low importance, well, because I value that relationship so high, even if I see the issue differently, <laughs> I, I mean, I may engage a little bit, but, but if it's clear to me that it's, it's a lot more important to her than it is to me, yeah, I am certainly giving up that fight. Uh, you know, give me the label, you know, withdraw. I am withdrawing. Um, <laughs> I'm withdrawing this disagreement. And and that's actually, you know, that's charitable. You know, people talk about how in marriage you just have to, like, talk about everything. And I, like, promote that a lot, too. Um, but I should say there are things that you just don't have to bring up. There are things that just shouldn't matter. They're just not that big a deal. It's like... You know, like, you know, you leave the shoes out on the floor a lot. Like, you know what, that's that's an issue to me. It's just not that important. And um, it's not worth hurting the relationship over, you know, in case there's feelings of sensitivity there. So that's my advice. If you're in a really important relationship and the issue is small, just withdraw and chalk it up to be like, you know what, this is a chance for me to show a little bit of charity here, a little bit of class, and, um, and, and you'll be better for it. Um, okay, so that's that's that. Um, moving, moving around in this graph, let's say you have a relationship of low importance, but an issue of high importance. These situations are pretty rare, but they do exist. And I think if there ever was a time when you had like my, my green light to, to really force an issue, to be real aggressive and, um, and kind of arm wrestle someone into submission, it would be on an issue that was very important to you in a relationship that mattered very little. Um, so anyway, that that's that. I, and I'm kind of conflicted on that too because I believe in being Christ-like and, and, and um, a good person. But there are times where I think you need to force an issue. And, and I, certainly, I certainly do that myself. Uh, there are lots of times where I'll force an issue, probably more than I should. In fact, my personality kind of, kind of lends, <laughs> lends to lots of uh, trying to force the issue. And um, and I have to kind of watch this because I, I, I do that in circumstances when I shouldn't as well. And it's kind of a dangerous trap. Um, a lot of, a lot of people fall into that. Okay. So then the other, and, and here's the, here's the most important. What about when you have an issue that, that matters and it's a relationship that matters and it's very important on both of those things. Well, in that situation, you need to have the conversation. It, you've got to engage, you've got to collaborate, you know, enter, enter that conversation with purpose, learn their story, express your feelings, your views and problem solve together. That is that is critically important that you always bring up those issues. Um, you, you cannot ignore or let those ones go. If it's an important issue, important relationship, you got to have the talk. Okay, <clears throat> now moving on, last thing, the whole, what about the whole relationship? When do you let go of an entire relationship? Um, this one's been on my mind a lot just the last couple of days. Um, talking to a friend of mine who, who's kind of trying to make this decision, um, and it's tough because it's a family member, and it's a it's been a really a really tough relationship, uh, and it's been a really negative relationship, and it's it's caused a lot of problems, 
And kind of the question was, can I just give it up? Can I just stop? Can I just let it go? And so I've had some thoughts. And like I said, I don't know that I have all the answers on this one, but here are my thoughts so far. Um, you may not be able to make things better in a relationship. Uh, you just may not, despite all of your best efforts. And even if you use all of the skills we've talked about perfectly, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to make things better. But remember that you're only responsible to do your best. And I think if you can say, you know what, I did my best on this. Um, I think you can feel good about that. Um, another thought, you can still love someone and you can still think kindly towards them without, without clinging to a, a, a close relationship with them. You know, a, a lot of a lot of spiritual leaders. Um, I mean, really, really, most most every most every um, most every real prominent train of train of thought, spiritual thought, includes something like love your enemies. Um, I, I know the Buddha was big on that. Um, Jesus Christ was big on this. Uh, but how is that possible? You know, to love your enemies? That's, that's, that's a higher standard than even just uh, tolerate your enemies. Um, the, love your enemies is a pretty high calling. But I, I believe it's possible. And I don't think it means that you have to have a close relationship with your enemies. It doesn't mean you have to... Uh, I, I don't, there's no prescription of what's required except for love. And letting go of a relationship doesn't mean you no longer care. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're heartless, that you don't care about them anymore. Um, it's really about letting go of the contempt you feel in that relationship. And I, so I think my advice, and like I said, I'm still kind of working through this myself, but if there's a relationship that's just real bad in your life and you're thinking like, is it time to just let it go? My advice for now is... Just let go of the contempt you feel in that relationship. Just let it go. And, and you can distance yourself from them. You know, do, do whatever you think you need to do that way. But in, in the way you see them, let go of the contempt you feel. And, and re, as a reminder, contempt, that's seeing someone as beneath consideration, worthless, or deserving scorn, right? We talked a lot about contempt. And, and so that's, that's kind of my call. If, you, if, you're, if you're wanting to let go of a relationship, Focus mostly on just letting go of the contempt within the relationship, and you'll feel uh, you'll feel a lot better, and, and your life will improve. All right, guys, it's been fun, and I'm 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 really grateful to have you all listening. I hope you'll share this with people you know. If you have a story, email me. Uh, you can email us at stories at thetiebrownshow.com, or you can just text me if, if you've got my number. Um, and I'm excited. Next week, we're going to have some guests on the show. It's going to be going to be a hoot, going to be fun. I think we'll do that a lot more going forward. So uh, thanks for your efforts in the dispute resolution revolution. And we're off. We'll see you next week. Actually, we won't see you. You'll probably hear me next week, but same thing. All right. Thanks. Thanks again.